Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 145. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Well, this week, I'm excited to bring on our guest, Brent Kawakami. Brent is a young professional based in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. He's got a real unique story. He's out there making a lot of bills happen. So we're going to dive into a conversation with Brent today. So really looking forward to that. Hey, Brent, thanks so much for coming on the show today. What's up, Jacob? How's it going? Hey, man, it's going good. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. A lot of people out there are probably familiar with you, but the people that aren't, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey, your story, how you got involved in investing in real estate for your very first time, and just walk us up to your journey to this point. Yeah, so um, so I'm originally from Hawaii. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, very typical childhood, you know, sort of the get good grades, you know, go to college thing, which is what I did. Yeah. So. Um, you know, went to school uh, here in Texas, the University of Texas at Austin Hook'em. Um, got an engineering degree. So uh, very much, uh, very similar to you. We're both engineers. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and then, um, you know, got a, you know, got, got, a, got a good job out of college and, you know, very much not the, the entrepreneurial guy. I was very much the, hey, I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to, you know, uh, stash away a bunch of stuff in my 401k, you know, all that, all that typical plan. And, um, you know, as time went on, um, you know, I read this one book, you know, that little purple book we all read, you know, the rich dad book, right? yep, yep. <laughs> which ends up being like the gateway drug. It's you know, a rabbit to, hole from there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so then, then, you know, you you start exploring all these other avenues, right. You know, um, you know, so I, I, I opened, you know, I had, a, I had on a little online business that I eventually sold on the side, you know, I got into dividend investing and peer to peer lending and, you know, all these other just, you know, uh, investment things. And of course, you know, you stumble on real estate and, you know, you, you see the things about, you know, what is it like 80, 90% of new mil- millionaires are created by, you know, small businesses, real estate. Right. And so, you know, started exploring that and got hooked up um, with some educational groups. And then, so this was back in about 2012 when I got in, um, started just doing single family rentals, um, here in the Dallas area and then kind of slowly progressed up, um, getting into multifamily, a bigger, apartment complexes in 2015 and then kind of just kept going from there, which, uh, which is my main focus now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, you know, like many people out there, you were raised with this blueprint similar to myself. That's like, you know, you're raised to go to school, get a good education, get a good job, further that education, go to college, you know, studying something hard science or math or, you know, something related, you know, art history wasn't going to cut it. Right. So, you know, here you are and you do all those things. You find yourself in a professional world with a really good job. And from here, you could easily have a comfortable life from here on out. You could rise through, you know, the ranks, you know, climb the corporate ladder and, you know, have a very comfortable and successful lifestyle. But something clicked for you. What exactly was that? And when was that? 
Um, you know, to be honest, I think part of it was, you know, I got a couple years into my career and like you said, nothing wrong with that. Right. And I enjoy my, my, um, uh, the engineering side of things, but, you know, as you go along and you see folks around you, um, who are older, you know, been with the same company for 30 years, maybe have, you know, folks that, you know, are clients or customers. And, you know, I saw folks where it's like, man, they just, that's, that 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 corporate job was all they had, right? That's that was what their life was dedicated to, right? They didn't have a hobby, um, you know. They were you, you had guys that you know they were coming up on retirement and they're scared because they don't know what else they're gonna do, you know. Um, you know, I saw guys that you know I, I had worked with or maybe a client where it's like you know he he, he spent his career you know with the focus and then and neglected his family, right? And so you know maybe he's divorced a couple times or estranged from his kids or you know the health was going down the tube and you know to be honest that kind of scared the shiitake out of me you know <laughs> i don't want to be like that in 30 40 years you know worried about all that stuff and so i think that that was one of the biggest drivers that um kind of got me to hey i'm gonna you know get into some of these side hustles right yeah so from there you know you open that you know that little purple book we all famously talk about rich dad poor dad it's like a wormhole from there you just get sucked into this whole world you probably didn't know existed so you know walk us through what exactly you started looking at you know you're looking you know you don't want to be that guy 30 40 years down the line that you know is worried about retirement or has to work an extra 10 years to remodel their kitchen or whatever it is so tell us you know a little bit about what kind of options you started exploring you get out there you're searching for stuff what'd you find yeah. So, you know, I got into some other investments. So like, you know, I started doing like, you know, the whole, you know, individual dividend stock investing stuff, you know, so I did that, you know, I got into gold and silver type of things. Um, you know, I started a little, a little side business, online business that, you know, I'd work on and, you know, do the whole like affiliate marketing and, you know, ebook type thing, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, so just, I explored different things like that. I'd gotten into, you know, reading a bunch and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos of all different stuff. And then I think it didn't really, you know, it was kind of me just trying and experimenting with stuff and really it didn't start happening until I got into the real estate side of things. And so um, found an educational group here um, that I got plugged in with and then, um, you know, bought my first uh, single family rental. And then that's kind of that's kind of where it started. So walk us through that first multi or that first uh, rental property you bought. You know what was it? You know what were you thinking at the time? Like you know you're investing in stocks, bonds. You know doing that kind of yeah. thing. You've got the side yeah. hustle, and then all of a sudden real estate. So where'd that come yeah. from? How'd you get involved? And in, uh, walk us through that first deal. Yeah. So so the first deal. So back then, so this was like 2012, right? So different market, right? And so the thing back in the Dallas area at that time was, you know, you could buy a, you know, a single family home, you know, three two two, you know, fifteen hundred square feet, garage, two car garage, you know, just the you know the quote unquote all American home. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you could get one, you know, it'd be worth like you know fixed up a hundred grand. You could buy it for you know. 50 to 60 K cause it was a foreclosure from a wholesaler or whatever. Um, you know, put in 20, 30 K and then, re, you know, with our money loan and then refi out, you know, all that, that kind of thing. And, you know, and you do really well, um, from that and then you'd rent it out. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I was doing. Um, it was a great business model. Um, you know, a, a great business plan that I followed to do that. Um, but you know, I think the thing with that was I got a few under my belt, and it was sort of a, well, shoot, it's going to take a while because, you know, I'm adding, you know, 
there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, each one of those houses was putting off three, four, five hundred dollars a month cash flow, which is great, right? <laughs> you know, who's gonna say no to that, yeah, right? right? Uh, but then you're like, well, shoot, if I want to really build this up, I'm gonna have to have 20, 30, 40 houses. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, that's that's so, an interesting uh, yeah. perspective, and it's one that many people come to realize at different times in their investing journey. My very first property was a single family house, and I thought really quickly, like, okay, this is cool. This, you know, $300 a month in cash flow is really nice, but it's going to take a lot of these. And this one was pretty hard to get. You know, it took me, you know, six months to save up. And the next one's going to take another six months to save up, you know, on my young professional engineering salary. And so I quickly transitioned to small multis. So those were a little bit better. You know, you got a little bit better of economies of scale. But, you know, the, the bigger that you go, the more economies of scale you get, you know, the quicker you're able to scale and grow that portfolio. So, yeah, it's kind of like the natural, it's a natural progression, right? Of a real estate investor. Cause like when you first get into that, you know, it's, it's brand new to you, right? You, you're kind of scared. Right? Yeah, you really <laughs> are. There's butterflies, which I mean, you should be right. I mean, it's, it's the whole, you know, people, you know, obviously people do really well, but people get killed too. Cause they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, you know, at first you're like, you know, oh wow, you know, the, the first time you get a deposit or a rent check comes in from one of those houses, you're like, man, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> really that aha moment, right? You've been spending months, yeah. maybe years studying, listening to podcasts, reading those books. You get that first rent check, you're like, wow, this is this is cool. Yeah. This is the bee's knees. Let's do it again, right? Yeah. Like ready yeah. to get that next yeah. deal. Yeah, you have that aha moment, like you said, that aha moment. And then you have a couple of them, right? Because that's probably the first one when you get into it. And then you get a little down the road, like you're saying, then you're like, okay, I have another aha, aha moment to maybe I need to scale or get bigger. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Well, walk us through like that mindset, Brent, of getting that very first deal. It can be scary. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a good chunk of money. It takes a lot of time and resources and energy. So a lot of people never get that first deal because they spend all this time in this education phase and this networking phase. Maybe some people don't even begin to get to that phase because they're just afraid that they're eventually going to have to pull that trigger. So walk us through that mentality, what you were thinking, maybe some of your you know fears and motivations behind doing that first deal. Yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing or biggest help there is, and it sounds really cliche, but it's the whole find a mentor thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you find, you know, it's sort of like no one's inventing anything new, right? You know, it's sort of a, you know, find someone who's where you want to be or doing what you want to do or a little bit ahead of you and copy. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? It's There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so I think that's where, you know, when you're first getting into, you know, real estate, whether it's just, you know, a bigger deal or it's just, you know, your first rent house, having a business plan and a model and someone to coach you through it or to ask questions with to that's where a lot of that fear can get taken away, right? Because the level of risk um, has gone down because someone who's done that before is helping you. You know, I've heard the, I've heard the analogy used like, you know, in like a NASCAR race car. If you or I hop in one of those things, the level of risk us driving on that track is really high, <laughs> You're definitely right? crashing into a wall and burning. We're crashing, right, exactly, right? But you put, you know, Danica Patrick or one of those, you know, I don't even know who the... the Jeff Gordon or someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You put them in there, like, level of risk is not as high, Yeah, right? So same, it's the same idea, right? If you, if you find a, a group or a person or, you know, whatever who's, you know, done 10 houses, we'll just say, right? If they're helping you along or you got someone ask questions, 
for you doing your first house, the level of risk is way down, right? So yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things as far as getting over that, getting over that, that hump or that fear, right? Was it a fear stands for what false evidence appearing real? I've, that's a new one to me. I like it. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to write that down. I also like the yeah. uh, NASCAR analogy. There's so many more ways you could expand upon that. You know, people more experienced doing laps around you, you and I couldn't get in NASCAR and, you know, do 200 miles around the track. We'd be doing 20 miles an hour and trying not to bump into each other. And, you know, just so much great stuff to take away from that analogy. So awesome stuff. Yeah. So you buy your first single family, you do that process a couple times and then what's next for you? What are you thinking? And you know, what's your kind of goal next steps from there? Yeah. So I think it goes back to, again, to, you know, you're talking about what is that next aha moment, right? So you get a few houses down the road, which was me and you know, there's nothing wrong. Right. So I started looking for other houses and, you know, as time goes on, it gets a little harder, right? Cause the market's changing and things like that. And I had the moment where it's like, you know, adding, you know, another $300 a month cash flow to my, you know, to my balance sheet. Hey, nothing wrong with that. That's great. But that's not life changing, right? That's not going to drastically, you know, <laughs> it's not going to drastically, you know, uh, change your life really. Right. And so I think that's when I had the aha moment of, you know, I'd always known bigger multifamily was kind of the natural progression, like we said. And I had, you know, like, like we've talked about, I've been, you know, educating myself and, you know, going to, going to seminars and listening to podcasts and things like that. And it's sort of a, you know, when you get to a bigger multifamily deal and you see sort of the exit checks that folks, people, you can get out of that. Right. And so instead of, you know, you adding $300 a month from a house, you can deploy 50 K hundred K at one time and you're turning that into 200, 300, you know, um, on an exit potentially, you know, that's when it's life changing, right? That's when you can really like, oh shoot, I can do some stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that was that was sort of the mental shift that I started to have and what prompted me to get more involved in multifamily. Yeah. So how'd you do that? You know, that's a big transition going from these single family homes in Dallas to now we're talking about, you know, looking at larger multifamily deals, a big jump there, lots of requirements to change your mindset and, you know, just your actions. So walk us through what that looked like for you. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know, and I, I mentioned the mentor thing, so that's obviously one. I think one of the biggest things on, on those is, um, so, and when I say bigger multifamily, I'm talking like hundred plus mm -hmm. unit type apartment complexes, right? Um, not, you know, not the 30, 20, 30 unit type stuff, which is fine too. But, um, you know, when you get to those bigger deals, you start to get into the, obviously the bid dollars are bigger, right? But then you start to have groups that you need to bring together to be able to take on a bigger deal like that. Right. Um, you know, when you're having down payments and, you know, one, $2 million and up, right. Unless you're one dude sitting with all that in the bank. Yeah. Right? As a younger <laughs> millennial, you're probably not that yeah. person sitting with $2 million yeah. just looking to buy a, an apartment complex on your own. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you and I wouldn't be doing that, you know, doing this stuff if that were, yeah, <laughs> so, right. so you gotta, you gotta have a team, right. To do a bigger deal like that. And you got to pull, you got to pull investors together. And so what you typically see in those bigger deals is, um, you know, syndications of, you know, multiple investors pulling resources together. And that may be money, that may be time, that may be expertise. And so, you know, that, that was like what I found and what I think is a great way of kind of making that next step is getting plugged in with groups like that. And then ultimately, you know, hopefully, you know, you have some, some funds to invest and, you know, you invest passively that way. Um, you know, with another, again, kind of similar to that NASCAR analogy, right? If I can, you know, 
take my money and give it to the Jeff Gordon <laughs> of, you know, of, a, of an area who's done, done these things before, I feel a little safer, right? And I can, you know, maybe I can sit in the car with him while he's going and learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now let's talk about that. So you, you invested next after you transitioned out of small or after you transitioned out of single families into investing passively in larger apartments. So what does that look like? And what was your involvement with those deals? Yeah. So typically, you know, the way those kinds of deals are structured, you know, you have general partners who are the ones that are putting together the deal, right? Um, they're probably the ones, you know, who found it, analyzed it. Um, you know, they're arranging the financing, all that stuff. Right. And then they're bringing on limited partners, um, who essentially are the, the, the money partners, right. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be depending on the size of the deal, right. You know, you make, you could have, you know, 20, 30, different investors at, you know, 50 K a pop kind of invest in the deal. And so the great part about that, um, and a lot of people like to use the airplane analogy. So it's sort of like, Hey, your general partners, you got the guys up front, you know, they're in the cockpit, right. Driving the plane and you have all these investors that are getting in, you know, coach or, you know, business class or whatever. Yeah, right? right. And you're, but we're all going to the same spot, right. We're all, we're all investing in, you know, uh, a complex trying to make a return and go all go in the same direction. And so, you know, as an investor, um, in that type of arrangement and a limited partner, it's great. Cause obviously you can, you're, you're, you're on the plane, right? <laughs> you're in, you're in the game, yeah. right? which is one, but two, it's kind of a great way to see a deal from the inside out because you're in it right now. You're not making decisions. You know, you're not picking paint colors. You're not, you know, you know, managing the management company or whatever, but you're seeing the monthly financials, right? You're seeing the updates that come through from the, the general partner. Um, you're doing your own due diligence, right? On both that general partner as well as, you know, the deal, right? You, you, you're probably underwriting it yourself, right? You're doing your own research on, a market or that what that block looks like or the history you know you're asking a million questions of the the sponsor about you know how did you come to that come to that realization or where did this come or what about that and so you're learning the whole time while you're on the plane you know <laughs> you know and so i think that's you know if, if if your goal is to get toward bigger multifamily that's a great way to kind of get in the game right and then also build a track record because now you're you are an owner in a you know X amount, you know, unit uh, complex. Yeah, I love it. And it's kind of going back to, you know, that mentor role that you talked about earlier in the episode. And that is, you know, finding this mentor to help guide you through the process. So this is something that you want to do eventually is, you know, syndicate larger apartment deals. You've identified that early on in your investing journey. So you're thinking, okay, well, how do I do that? I'm going to get around somebody who's doing it. I'm going to also invest alongside of them so I can learn the deal from the inside and see how it actually is operated and, you know, financed and managed and all that. So really cool. So here here you are a passive investor, just getting, you know, sit in business class, kick your feet up, you know, learn yeah. from the, you know, guys doing the deal. And, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I would, I would say, cause like, I think one thing that a lot of investors don't necessarily have is the self-awareness about, obviously we're all trying to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing a lot of people is miss is that, okay, you're trying to get to that, whatever that destination is, but really looking at yourself, are you the person that just wants to put in funds and invest in, cause we all believe in this game, right? This real estate game. Do you want to be just a person who puts in their funds, sits back and send me a check? 
you know, I got other things I'd rather do. Or are you someone who wants to be more active and syndicate a deal and do bigger deals, right? And so um, I think taking that step just first as an investor is great because you can kind of dip your toe in the water as well, you know, um, because you may get in and feel like, wow, this is a lot of, you know, that sponsor, or that guy syndicating that deal, he's doing a lot of work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> do I really, do I really want to do that? Um, you know, I got a, you know, I'm an engineer job and, you know, and I make good money. I don't hate it. And, you know, I, I'll just make a bunch of money there, plug my money in these deals and, you know, um, I'm good to go, you know? So I think that's just, you know, one, one point I would, I would, I would put out there as something uh, for, yeah, that's a good point you bring up, you know, that is, you know, take a step back, look at, you know, what are your goals? What are your strengths? Are you the person? Do you have that personality? Do you have that time? Do you have that drive or motivation to go put that deal together, fly that plane, right? And, you know, do all the work that's required to do that thing, manage it for the next five, seven, 10 years, however long your hold period is, or, you're the person that wants to enjoy life and, you know, travel and hold down their engineering day job and spend time with family and not have to deal with managing that property manager and, you know, securing that financing and worrying about the refinance and just all those pieces, all those moving parts. So yeah, taking that step back and just, you know, looking at yourself individually, you know, kind of assessing your goals and your, and, you know, kind of almost just engineering your lifestyle. You know, I like to work in that engineering your lifestyle piece, you know, as a mantra yeah. and uh, yeah, really yeah. important stuff there and really cool. So you decided, you know, Hey, I really like this engineering thing or sorry. I really like this real estate thing that is engineering to you, but yeah. I like, I like, both, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> really like this real estate thing. You know, you're going to invest passively alongside, you know, this syndication, kind of learn the ropes and you decided, Hey, I want to do this thing on my own. Right. So walk us through that next big step for you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kept getting involved in, in, in deals, um, in that way. And so it's kind of, it was one of those sort of, uh, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, so to speak. You're killing thing. it with so, the analogies today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer, right? I got to draw pictures, think of, you know, ways to explain stuff, yeah, you know, it's, it's I like it. Work, right? <laughs> um, so, um, I met, I'm, and again, this is a relationship business, right? And so I met, um, another, uh, guy through, through a relationship that I had, um, that uh, back to the mentor thing, um, that, you know, I could learn from and, and get into deals as a, as the main syndicator that way. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, got in, you know, started learning a little more from him, um, got in his, in his deals. And so ultimately, you know, it, it progressed and, you know, more, most recently, you know, we closed a 114 unit deal, um, out in Atlanta here a couple months ago. Um, you know, I was the lead sponsor on that deal. And so it's sort of, again, it's the natural progression, right? You know, you know, you know relationships, find a mentor. I, I wish there was some secret to it, but <laughs> there's not, right? Yeah. There's no like simple three, three step proven system, you know, sit in your pajamas and, you know, cash this mailbox money. It's, you know, you see some of these yeah. late night infomercials or these fly by night gurus and, you know, just kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth. Like you said, there's really no shortcut to it. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and takes a lot of time. Yeah. Cause you know, back to the relationship thing, especially, you know, if you're getting into like bigger multifamily deals, um, there's a lot more relationships you have to build, you know, whether it's obviously like, you know, team members, right. Investors, attorneys, um, brokers, um, you, but you have to spend time building those relationships, right. In order to get into those bigger deals. Um, 
And then, like I said, again, meeting the right people, right? Because all it takes is one person um, to really set your your trajectory on a different course, right? All it takes is one one relationship, one guy to do a deal with, one guy to, you know, that you 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 align with, and um, you know, is able to partner with you, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, you know, it's definitely a it's a it's a it's a proven game plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how long did it take you from the time you bought your very first single family property to closing or you know getting under contract that hundred and fourteen? So from the first single family to this last multifamily um, would have been, so the first single would have been 2012. And then, you know, I did deals in between then and then probably, you know, 2017. So yeah, you know, roughly five years. Yeah. So this is not, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of people who get rich faster. <laughs> sure. But I think there's, I think the key is, you know, it's, um, there's, a lot of people get rich fast because I would say, you know, if you're someone who, you know, gets to the point where, you know, you build a portfolio in five to seven years, right? And I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. But I'd say that's pretty fast. That's better than sitting around for 30 years. <laughs> you know, one thing I like to yeah. I like to put in perspective is people think like, oh man, five or seven or 10 years, that's so long to, you know, have to grind and build a real estate empire. But at the same time, people are willing to spend the next 40 or 50 years at their day job grinding away for somebody else under, you know, not their own terms. So it's like, you know, it's just all about perspective there. Five years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. No, no, it is. It's, and then I like to think about too, like, so I've heard again, back let's, to analogies, let's hear another right? one. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard the thing. There is, there is such a thing as get rich fast. It's just people get it confused with get rich easy, get, you know, get, get rich fast and get rich easier. Two different yeah, things. Yeah. I like it. So, so, um, and then, you know, I, I like what you said on the, uh, on the, on the, um, the time frame thing, um, you know, cause you and I are both younger guys, yeah. right? We're, we're millennials, right? So we got plenty of time, right? You know, five years is not a lot, you know? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little on the older side of the millennial train and you know, I'm in my early thirties, but you know, that's young, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. You know, you know, um, if you follow Gary, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he always talks about that, right? Like, um, you got so much time to do this stuff. Right. So, you know, it may seem like, you know, especially for younger guys like us, Oh shoot, it may take five or seven years to, to get to a certain level. Right. But you're young, dude. <laughs> yeah. You've got nothing but time and time is the biggest factor in this whole game. Right. Like, you know, if you've yeah. got time, you've got everything. And, you know, speaking to our audience, older audience members out there too, and we're not just a bunch of millennials out there listening. So shout out to everyone, you know, not in the millennial demographic, but you know, like you said, five or seven years, if you're an older audience member, you likely have more money than Brent and I sitting in your bank account. So, you know, you've got money on your side and not necessarily time. So, you know, there's always, there's always ways to work around things. Now, yeah, you got to find, you got to find what you can bring to the table, right? You know, if you're older and you have funds, that's something you can bring to the table, right? And you got, you got experience, right? I know, you know, <laughs> you have life experience if you want to call it that, yeah. right? And so you bring that to the table. If you're young and you don't have, you know, a lot of money, um, you know, you're young, you're hungry, you can go out and hustle and, you know, be making calls and looking for deals and, you know, doing that type of thing. So, you know, it's just a matter of finding, finding, you know, back to that self-awareness thing we talked about, finding your strengths. Yeah. Now let's dig into how you've invested and built this real estate business on the side of your day job as an engineer. Lots of people out there still have day jobs that, you know, working a nine to five and it can be difficult to, you know, be able to carve out enough time. You know, you have a family, you have a wife, 
a, mm-hmm. a daughter and you know you've got a, a lot on your plate you know you're an apartment deal syndicator you've got 114 units in your portfolio if not more and uh, so tell us how you know how you've managed to carve out time and just make it work on the side yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, family keeps you busy <laughs> for a while. So my, so I actually have a son. Oh, I'm sorry. That's um, a son. Yeah, you're, now you're good. Don't worry. Um, so he, he's a little over one. Okay. Here, so he definitely, he definitely keeps me busy. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's definitely tough. And so, um, so a couple of things I like to do to kind of keep me on track there. Um, so one, I, I'm an early riser. So I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Um, and that's my time to kind of, do things right um, before I get into the office um, for for the day job, and you know that's the other thing too. I, I you know I'd like to say is you know especially as a as a working professional, you know you you have a professional obligation to do your job right, and so there's you know, there's you know you're not you're not you know you're, you're not doing anything to slack, you're not doing anything to take away from that because you know you're there, you're doing the right thing right. Yeah. Um, and so you know I work around early in the mornings. Um, you know I may take a phone call during you know during the lunch hour. Um, I'll stay up late at night you know, working on stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on, I'm doing stuff on the weekends too, you know, um, you know, you and I were chatting before we got on the call, you know, you work, you have the four tens and Friday, you know, when you're off, that's your day to work on the side hustle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just got to find what works for you and, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And so, you know, you find, you figure out the ways where you can block in the time and, you know, there's obviously a million time management strategies out there that you can work. And, um, you know, I think it goes back to like we talked about before, you know, being self-aware, are you willing to do that? Right. Is that something you want to do? You know, um, especially if you're going to do these, you know, be more active in this space and do those kinds of deals. Um, you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't watch TV <laughs> a large ton of it. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have a, you know, I, I have a time that I want to spend with my family outside of stuff. You know, I'm, I, there's some level of sacrifice you have to make, um, if that's what your goal is. And so I think, you know, it goes back to what are you willing to, to juggle and, and give up in order to achieve that. Yeah. It's all about your priorities, right? I mean, if your priorities are watching game of Thrones and going to happy hour after work with your coworkers or whatever that is, you know, you're probably not going to have time to come home and build a real estate empire or search for apartment deals or, you know, start your podcast or whatever it looks like for you, whatever that side hustle is. It's all about prioritizing your time. You mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk earlier and, uh, you know, he, he's got this little, uh, rant tidbit, you know, he says, you've got all this time. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in the day, right? It's just about how you use your time, how you prioritize it and what you're doing with it. So if you're at home, not happy, but you're watching game of Thrones and not doing anything about it, then do something about it. If you're happy with your life and you like where you're at and you like where it's heading, then no problem. You know, you know, go out and do what you want and live how you want. So yeah, I love it. Just kind of, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to, you know, we're trying to do this to create a better quality of life. Right. So if you're in an issue, <laughs> miserable doing it, you know, what's the point. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, I think the, you know, so I think, you know, one of the points on, on Gary's, you know, rants on that is that, you know, do your actions match what your goal is, right? Um, it's fine to take the time to do other things, right? You know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be frank. So I, I do like Game of Thrones. That's the one I will watch it. Yeah, that's your vice. Right? Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Um, you know, if you like to do do other stuff, it's just, you know, if you're sitting there complaining about where you're at 
and what you're doing, that's when you got to reevaluate, okay, how, where are my priorities? Yeah. I love what you just said. Do your actions match your goals? So important there. So yeah, just take a second, think about that. And you know, if they do great, stay on that path. If not change something and you know, you know, get back in alignment with your goals. So really love that. Well, Brent, do you think that your path is one that's replicable? You haven't fallen into any kind of like lucky hit, you know, you didn't inherit a bunch of money to go out and buy this very first apartment complex. You know, you put in a lot of hard work, dedication, long hours. Is what you've done replicable to people out there listening? Oh, heck yeah. Um, definitely for sure. I, I think, you know, the kind of path and, you know, we talked about sort of over a, a several year time frame, right? It, there's nothing sexy to it, right? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're working the day job, you're saving funds, you know, you're educating yourself outside of it. You know, you're going out to networking events, meeting people, you know, you're, you're actually doing stuff and doing deals, right? You're buying stuff, you're getting, become active, you're slowly building portfolio and then you're, you're progressing that way. And so, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing fancy to it. Right. You know, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum here, but there's a lot of people who've done it before you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so find that model and and copy it. And obviously, you know, there's hiccups along the way and things that, um, things, you know, you may prefer to do a different way and, and, and whatnot, but it's, it's all been done before, right? <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. You know, no need to reinvent the wheel. Find somebody who's doing what you want or is, is where you want to be. Follow that person and, you know, just ride those coattails and learn from that person and replicate their success. You know, it's not rocket science. It's real estate investing, you know, nothing crazy about it. So yeah, just get out yeah. there, take action, find somebody that's doing what you're doing and uh, yeah, just get after it. Yeah. So you're out here doing what we've been preaching. What's next for you? What are your future goals? What's in the future for you? Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm pretty focused on multifamily now, and so you know, we're I'm, we're continuing to um, you know look for deals. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those that uh, you know it's a little harder just because of the market conditions right now, and there's a lot of competition stuff like that, but. You know, we're still looking to add to the portfolio. Um, you know, you may look at a hundred deals to find the one, but that's fine. I'm willing to do that, <laughs> right? And so, kind of just continue, you know, continue on that path right, uh, right now. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Well, Brent, as we're wrapping up here, we've got a lightning round, just a series of questions we ask every one of our guests. Are you up for it? Yep. Yeah, let's. All do right. It. Cool. Well, the first question in our lightning round is: What was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate, and then what did you do to overcome that? So probably the biggest hurdle, I'll, I'll give you, can I give you, you two? Yeah. So one, one I'll say with the single family was, uh, it was that mindset shift we talked about where it was sort of a, okay, making that first flip from like, I've never done, I've never done, a, I've never even bought a house before to get in that first rent check. And so that's sort of the first hurdle. And I'd say the the biggest thing or the biggest way to get over that was when I, when you just did it. And I'll tell you the the one thing that kind of got me over it was when I saw that first rent check come in from my first house. That was when I was like, okay, that's when the light bulb. Clicked. Yeah. And so, so I guess the the way to overcome it is you just gotta just jump in and do it because the reality is you won't know till you get till you know you get there, right? Um, the second one I was gonna say was when you jump up to the bigger deals with multifamily stuff. I think uh, the biggest hurdle is because of the nature of that business, you got to have a partner or a mentor, someone 
to kind of get in the game, right? Um, to see the deals, to even just get it alone. <laughs> you know, you got to have some experience. And so the way to overcome that, we've talked about it at nauseum. You got to find a mentor. You got to find someone to get plugged in with. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Well, Brent, you maybe alluded to it earlier, but do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Yeah. So I mentioned the 4 a.m. thing. <laughs> um, um, so I'll give you another. Yeah, that's a commitment. I, I realize not everyone can do that. I'm a morning person. Um, but, so another one I, I have maybe is, so what I do is, um, so I have a, a, a Moleskin notebook that I carry mm-hmm. with me. And uh, I do something that's called the the Power Five. Um, if you listen to a podcast by Andy Frisella, it's called the MFCEO. Um it's definitely a, if, if you get offended by curse words, you want, <laughs> but, uh, but he talks about this thing called the power five. And the idea is that, you know, every day you list down the five tasks or actions that, um, you're working on for that day, right? The big, you know, sort of the, the, the individual actions that you need to progress in your goals. And, you know, maybe five, it may be seven, it may be two, but it's sort of the idea that, okay, I need to record this podcast or write this, you know, write this uh, memo or call this person or whatever, right? Whatever it is, sure. right? And it's it's that big rock that's going to advance. It's if, if you ever read the book, the one thing, right? What is the next thing that is going to get you, you know, make the next next thing easier, right? Right. And so it's it's sort of the thing. Like every day you're doing that, and it, there's something to be said too about like writing it down and then crossing it out, right? And so when you when you cross it out. And you're seeing the pages of, okay, every day I've crossed stuff off my list, right? Then that helps motivate you too, right? Because you're, you're, getting, you're getting stuff done. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be another personal habit that I think keeps me on. Yeah, I think you're right. There is something, there's some science behind writing stuff down. You know, it you know, stays in the forefront of your memory. And I don't know if it's just me or what, but I get a lot of satisfaction out of checking that box, scratching it off yeah. your to-do list, right? So, yeah. Like, oh, you know, it's sort of like if you had the two or three big things you had to do today and you cross them off, anything else you do that rest of the day is yeah, gravy. You're right? like, you know, it's all icing <laughs> on the cake at that point. Yeah, yep. awesome. Yep. Well, Brent, next question is, do you have an online resource that you find valuable? Um, I don't necessarily have like maybe a, a website or anything like that. I'd say probably the biggest maybe sort of online thing is um, podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, um so I listen to a ton of them, you know, when I'm commuting, when I'm driving, um, when I'm doing chores around the house type of thing. Um, and, you know, so I'm listening to a million of them. I'm listening to them at two times speed, you know, <laughs> so, I can get through, so I can get through it quicker. Um, so I think, you know, as an advice to the audience, you know, that's a great way to educate yourself on this stuff. There's a bunch of great ones out there like, you know like ones hosted by Jacob Ayers that you guys listen to, sure. <laughs> you know, you know, but you know, you can learn a lot of stuff that way. And so I think that that'd be a great resource. If, if you haven't gotten to that game, there's a bunch of ones that you can listen to and pull some valuable information. Yeah. I love it. And so true. That's actually how I got started being interested in real estate investing is just, you know, one day somebody mentioned like, Oh, you should check out podcasts. So get on my iTunes app, you know, check out podcast. I guess I searched for something about, I don't know, real estate or personal finance. I can't remember, but I came across a podcast and just like opened my world to like this whole new, like, you know, whole new side of things I didn't even know existed. So yeah, obviously if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about, you know, podcast, you've been listening to this one and I'm sure many of others. So such great content out there. Yeah. I, and I'll just rattle off a few. Just um, yeah, so obviously yours is, is a great one to listen to. <laughs> 
Um, if you're if you're looking for more stuff that's um, you know more introductory or you know you know you're not necessarily target on specific stuff, um, you know Bigger Pockets has a great one where they explore things. Um, there's one called Creating Wealth by Jason Hartman. That one's really good. Um, my buddy Lane Kawako runs one called Simple Passive Cash. Yeah, we've had Lane on the podcast before. He's another young guy out there killing it. Really fun guy to talk yeah. to. Yeah, so that's a great one. And then, you know, I'm focused on multifamily stuff. And so if you're interested in those, um, a few good ones. Um, the Yield Capital podcast mm-hmm. is a good one. Um, Michael Blanc um, has one out there. Um, uh, my buddy Juan Vargas has a good one out there. So um, just a handful. I probably have like 100. Yeah, they're so hard to keep up with, player. but you know, that two times speed yeah. certainly helps. I can manage 1.5 times speed on podcasts, but two is a little too yeah. quick for me. But yeah. yeah. Depends on how fast they awesome. talk. They talk, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. And uh, Michael Becker with the Old Capital Podcast, Michael Blanc, both of guys are great guys, super experienced in the industry. They've both been on the podcast in the past, and uh, maybe it's about time to get them back on because those guys are both up to new and important, really cool things. So, yeah, awesome stuff. Well, Brent, what book would you recommend to the listeners, and why? So, um, probably. One of the most influential books for me was um, Getting Things Done, GTD by short by uh, David Allen. And I read that like a decade ago, probably. <laughs> um, but it's probably the, you know, the one book that I can point to that I took applicable actions from and still do to this day. Um, you know, a lot of the books we read, you know, are sort of like, you know, mindset and strategy and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. You know, obviously you need some of that, but you know, you and I are both engineers. We like actionable, concrete, you know, like black concrete. What are the tactics? Yeah. What are the tactics? Right. What do I do? Right. Yeah. And I think that, that the, the concepts from that book, um, um, were things that were actionable for me and I still do them. To this yeah. Time. Awesome. So that's getting things done. We'll link that book in the show notes. That's a new one for me, actually. I haven't read that one. So I'll be picking it up right along with the audience members. Brent, last question in our lightning round is if you were to give advice to your 20 year old self to get started investing in real estate, what would that be? So I, it, it's going to sound very cliche, <laughs> but I wish I would have started earlier. I mean, just right out of school while I was saving, you know, like I mentioned, I, I was very much the max out my 401k, have a Roth IRA, blah, 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 blah. Um, I wish I would have just jumped into real estate quicker. Um, just nothing, (laughs) nothing fancy. Yeah. I love it. So if you're out there listening and you're earlier than 20 years old or you're, you know, not quite 20 years old, that is Brent saying, get started now, do it, pull the trigger, you know, buy that duplex in your college town, live in it, whatever that looks like, just get out there, take action. I absolutely love it. Brent, hey, it's been a lot of fun talking with you today. I think you've given the audience members a lot of actionable content and shown that your path is one that's very replicable. You know, you're out there doing things and learning from others and you really preach the importance of having a mentor. So if you're out there and you're finding yourself, you know, maybe struggling or not moving as fast as you'd like, find somebody that's doing what it is you want or is where you want to be. Look that person up, see how you can provide value to them, tag along with them, learn from them and learn the ropes and, you know, it'll really increase your uh, trajectory. So Brent, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun having you on. For the audience members that want to reach out to you, connect with you, maybe talk more with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, so my direct email is Brent, B-R-E-N-T at hellomultifamily.com. Um, hello, like hello, right? <laughs> hello, multi Brent at hello, multifamily.com. So just shoot me an email if you want. Um, I also work with a group, um, called think multifamily. 
um, where we do um, deals, you know, apartment deals, and then also educational um, events and things like that. Um, so you can check check it out at uh, thinkmultifamily.com. Um, we have events um, here in the Dallas area as well as um, uh, in others. And so, um, you know, those are those are two ways you can hook up. Yeah, awesome. And you're always at those events. So I'm sure that's a great way to meet and connect with you. I know our buddy Lane and other folks are always meeting up with you, especially a lot in the Dallas area. So just right up the road from me, I'm going to have to make it up one of these days and connect with you guys. And uh, yeah, so you guys have a conference coming up in Atlanta. Is that right soon? Yeah. So next month, um, October, I think it's 19th and 20th um, in Atlanta. It's actually going to be a deal analysis uh, workshop. So, so it's going to go through, um, you know, how to analyze these bigger multifamily deals, you know, the, the spreadsheets and the numbers and all the, all the nerdy stuff you and I as engineers yeah. like, right? <laughs> so that, that's coming up next month in Atlanta. So, um, you know, if you're interested, reach out for sure. Um, but you know, kind of back to the real estate angle we talked about, you know, analyzing deals, that's one of the most important things we do. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's um, all about the numbers, right? Yep. yep all about the numbers. So. <laughs> that's what I like to think anyways. Well, Brent, awesome, man. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show. As we're wrapping up here, is there any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with the audience members? No, um, I think the the biggest thing we talked about it is just, you know, I think the biggest fact that separates folks, folks is self-awareness, right? Self-awareness on what you're good at, self-awareness on what you really want to do. So Yeah, I love it. Well, Brent, good luck with you on, uh, you know, managing and executing your business plan over the next several years on that 114 unit in Atlanta. Awesome stuff. Congrats on that. That's a big, you know, big uh, notch in your belt. So awesome stuff there. We're gonna have to have you back on here in the future to talk about what you're up to next, because I know you've got some big deals in the pipeline. So looking forward to having you back on. Thanks so much for coming on today. All right. Have a good one. See you. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.